This is episode 106 for Tuesday, September 5th, 2017, brought to you from Arlington, Texas. This week, we will wrap up our Basics of Beer series with adjunct beers. Bienvenidos a Bruce Styles. Welcome to Bruce Styles. My name is Eddie, and together with Chris, Travis, and Sawyer, we take on the role of beer one style at a time. Every week, we discuss a different style of beer and taste some of our favorites. We hope you leave with a thirst for more. Our podcast may be found on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. Look us up and subscribe to make sure you are kept up to date on our latest episodes. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at brew underscore styles. Drop by our website, brewstyles.com, where you can stream every episode Check out our photo gallery and use the contact tab to send us comments and feedback. You can also find more information about the BJCP and how to become a certified beer judge. Settle in and raise a pint with us as we launch into another episode of Bruce Styles. Well, welcome back to another episode of That There Brew Styles. Don't sound too excited there. <laughs> I had to steal your line, though. Yeah, yeah. Well, that is the voice of Sawyer, joined by Sawyer today. How are you doing today? I am. I'm good. Just good? Yeah. Don't well, sound uh, too excited there. <laughs> well, I had to think about that for a minute. It's the first week back to work. It's been crazy. I don't know what you're talking about. I've been back for like a month. Yeah, it's like my Mondays, man. I worked a 12-hour day straight. Wow. Like with one 30-minute break. You got to earn that their money. Oh, man. Yeah, no kidding. But anyways, no, I'm, I'm, I'm good. I'm good. Pretty good. Yeah. Pretty good. Yeah. Got, an, got another Hop Fusion gig coming up uh, on September 16th. So nice. If you're in the area, come on out. 7 o'clock. That date sounds familiar for something. Yeah. I'll that, have to look at my calendar. Is that a Friday? It's a Saturday. Saturday. Yeah, but... I, yeah, I really enjoyed the last one uh, that I was able to make it out to this summer. That was a lot of fun. So, uh, yeah, it was like July eighth or something. It's always a good time. We're adding yeah. more music like crazy, so yes. we're not playing the same stuff over and over again. Like we haven't played Chameleon in a couple of weeks, which is oh, you, you can't just like throw the standards out the window, though. Well, no, we're not. We still we still do <laughs> standards, but you know we we rotate. Uh, okay. Yeah. Anyway, so we also heard the voice of Travis. How are you doing, Travis? Doing very well. Thank you. Thank you very much. Don't sound too excited about it. Yes, I just wrote <laughs> <laughs> just wrote down your uh, your housebone performance. Awesome. Because I don't have anything that day. Awesome. A lot of other Saturdays in September already taken up. Yeah, I don't yeah. have something that day. I just don't remember. Yeah, and then September 24th is uh, the engagement party. Oh, I remember what I have that day. I could probably still make it that night, though. Cool. Yeah, your engagement party's that morning. And then the new Star Trek series, Discovery, is coming on that night. Good Lord, I put it on. I, I scheduled that for the morning? Well, noon. Oh, okay. That's what I have written down as. <laughs> okay. I don't know if that's real. It's, I did that so in case, like, y'all want to come and get drunk and then have time to recover for the next day, you're, you know, that works out. Yeah. <laughs> so. That's why we record our podcast early. Yeah. Yep. Um,. But uh, let's see. Beer-related news. I kegged two beers today. Nice. Saison, which came out to be 5.4%, and a Classic Blonde came out to be 5.1%. Nice. So more than likely, 
I'll put those on next week. Haven't felt the kegs in my kegerator uh, for for how full they are, but they've been on for a while, so I bet they'll probably be empty here within a week or so. All right, cool. Do that, and then uh, I have no clue what I'm brewing next or or even where to go from there, because then it'll be like September, and then the next beers I brew I'll probably be drinking in October, so I may start doing some uh, more fall styles. Awesome. For the home brewery. That's awesome. My Gozo is still in the fridge. It's uh, I set it to cold crash last week, and I meant to keg it, but I hadn't yet, so it's still sitting in there. Yeah, whatever. So that one in the Oktoberfest will probably go on pretty soon to get ready for my party. Yeah, I'm excited for that. So That'll be cool. Me too, yeah. It'll be fun. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you've got an empty tap in there. Yeah. So you could load up something right now. Yeah, just, you know, haven't had the time this week. So, maybe I'll cake something tonight. Who knows? Too busy with that job. If I'm, if I'm uh, feeling frisky, do some cake tonight. You gotta feel frisky to do that. <laughs> that's a lot of work. That's a little weird, man. <laughs> it's a lot of work. Okay. <laughs> My wife got a little crazy with the. Oh, not frisky. <laughs> oh. Dang. All right. Well, uh, just want to say thank you to our. Sorry, listeners. I'm feeling a little frisky today. Oh, there oh. we go. That was actually you. He just pulled that. <laughs> Uh, anyway, <laughs> thanks to our listeners for uh, sticking through all of our craziness, uh, especially the last few episodes have been uh, <clears throat> interesting. Um, yep. So we'll uh, always trying to improve, and we're going to keep on going. So <laughs> hopefully we have some uh, some interesting things planned after we wrap up our Basics of Beer series this week with yeah. adjuncts. I brought some really big cans. <laughs> Got some big jugs. <laughs> Okay. She's got huge cans. Mugs. <laughs> yeah, they're they're huge. I have a really funny story about big jugs. I don't know if it's appropriate. So, <laughs> does it require the explicit box being checked? No, not okay. really. Then we're probably okay. Okay. Oh, do you want me to? Tell? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know. Is it going to come back and? So, no, it's, it's just kind of funny because, uh, so for our marching band, we order the big water jugs with our logo on them, so all the kids have the same water jug. Mm-hmm. And uh, when they came in, the, the box shipment came in, and uh, one of the front office staff was this, you know, big lady with... Anyway, so she walks up, and she, <laughs> she t- she's talking to uh, one of the other directors. She goes, I got some big jugs. <laughs> and it just stopped right there, and we we're like, what? She's like, the water jugs, they're in the office. And I was like, oh, oh, wow. <laughs> oh, wow. She was just sitting right there. It was kind of funny, but she's <laughs> like, hold on a second. What? Uh, <laughs> I'm feeling uncomfortable with yeah. this conversation. Yeah. How about that uh, sexual harassment <laughs> training? Which we just had to finish, by the way. Yeah. Did you finish it over a nice dinner at Dickie's? <laughs> no. Oh. Sorry. Which heck of a storm, by the way. Not wow. really. It hasn't happened yet. Not here. But well, I'm talking about oh, elsewhere. down down south. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 To yeah. our listeners in Houston. Oh, my. Yeah. yeah. I hope you're Be still careful. able to, to get your beer. Yeah. Did you? Oh, <laughs> speaking of that, I'm sorry, total tangent, but did you see that news reporter in Galveston? Oh, yeah. That lady came up and handed, handed him a six-pack pack of beer <laughs> on live TV. Yeah, that was funny. <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure she handed him like three D- Dallas Blondes from Deep Ellum. That was a full six pack. 
Oh, I know it was a full six pack, oh. but they were two different cans. Oh, I just saw the one. Yeah, the the yellow one looked like the 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 Dallas Blonde. That's funny. Everyone's been trying to figure out what it was. On if you go and read the comments <laughs> on there, that's funny. <laughs> totally random. It's awesome though. Like, yeah, way to go. Yes, but but pray for the people in, yes. in Houston. Yes, yeah. yes, yeah. My sister lives down in uh, Montgomery, which is just north of Houston, and. Uh, she said it hasn't been too bad that far in so far, but lots and lots of rain, uh, definitely flooded roads and and whatnot. So, mm-hmm. yeah, hopefully uh, the damage won't be too severe. Obviously, there's going to be a lot, but mm-hmm. I'm sure uh, was it Port Aransas and Galveston, Corpus Christi, they got hit the worst. Yeah. So. Yep. <laughs> anyway, so uh, moving right along, today we're talking about adjuncts. Um. I think the easiest thing, we talked about this uh, before we started, the easiest thing for us to do today is just to, you know, talk about each adjunct as we drink the beer because adjuncts is such a wide uh, topic that it really could include literally anything else you add that they're adjuncts. Such a big topic that uh, it's really hard to get very into detail with it um, because obviously we can't hit every single adjunct, so... We just kind of went to the beer store and grabbed what we thought would be interesting to drink, and uh, we'll just go at it from that point. Yeah, it'll be a good time. I, I suppose th- we should probably define what an adjunct is. Yeah, they're additives. Not. Well, I mean, in a way, the biggest thing that jumps to my mind, and, and actually, we're going to drink some of these in a minute, is the adjunct lager. That's the most popular one, I would think. You know, any of your yeah your American light loggers are gonna have an adjunct in either corn or rice. Well, it's like if you get on Beer Advocate. I don't, do you ever use that website? Yeah, sometimes. Okay, they actually classify the American light lager as American adjunct loggers, yeah, instead of American light loggers. Right. So I found that to be interesting. Dictionary.com adjunct something added to another thing but not essential to it. <laughs> I think that's a perfect definition because it does fit within the brewing construct as well. Yeah. Because, I mean, for the longest time, the word adjunct, when it came to beer, had kind of a negative connotation. Mm -hmm. Because, yes, you're thinking about those, uh, the the big categories, adjunct, uh, adjunct laden lagers. Um, But in recent times, it's become more accepted uh, and even embraced by many breweries. When they're mm. experimenting with adding different things, I mean, Dogfish Head comes to mind. They, I don't Martin think they House. make a beer anymore that doesn't have something off the wall. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Well, you know, if you think about it, originally, adjuncts were technically illegal. The Reinheitsgebot forbid anything that wasn't malt, hops, and water. You know, every time someone says the word malt, I always follow it up with liquor in my head. <laughs> Exactly. Thank you, Fredo. And it's always in Fredo's voice, too. Right, yeah. (laughs) But anyway. Yeah, um, I remember a long time ago, and this definition might be outdated, but whenever uh, the Brewers Association would define what a craft brewery is, I remember they used three terms, small, um, traditional, and independent. And the traditional side of things was they wanted you to brew beer with less than, you know, forty percent of a of an adjunct. Forty percent still quite a bit, though. Yeah, 
Yeah, that's almost half. Yeah, because you had like the small for how much. <laughs> Thank you. Good job, Sawyer. I yes. tried. Thank you very much. I'll be here all night. <laughs> and by all night, I mean 10 p.m. Yeah, because you had the small component, which would cut out the, the big macro breweries because of how much they produce. Um, the independent, well, also you had to be uh, independently owned or not owned by a certain percentage of uh, like a big conglomerate. And then the traditional part was about adjuncts. I don't know if they still use that definition now. Well, I would imagine they can't because think yes. about all the beer that's produced and all the different things that are added to it. Yeah. But, I mean, yeah, so many things have changed in in the craft beer realm that uh, that may be an outdated term. But uh, for a while there, it was a pretty important part of being a craft brewery is not making adjunct lagers. Mm. So, but yes, you're right. That is only a small portion of what an adjunct beer could be. And we're going to go through a big list of them today. Lots of examples. Good ones and bad ones. And some as big as your head. <laughs> Literally. Actually, we do have a bottle that's pretty big. Yeah. <laughs> and a can, apparently. Yeah, the Foster's can. <laughs> Just missing some big jugs. <laughs> do they even put beer in jugs now? No. That would be interesting. I, growler? You, yeah, growler, I no, guess. No, uh, that's not really a jug, though. I mean, it, I mean, you say the word jug, I think of, like, milk cartons. <laughs> like milk jugs. <laughs> How many times are we going to say jugs? Jugs. Anyway, shall we, this episode sucks. Shall we move on? <laughs> yeah, let's move on. All right. I guess we'll take our break now and get our first beer lined up. All right. So, uh, you didn't really ask, but uh, our first beer is uh, none other than the uh, famous Silver Bullet uh, Coors Light. Of course you brought Coors Light. Well, yeah. Light beer. Exactly. This is an adjunct beer. It supposedly has corn in it. Supposedly? Supposedly. It Did you look it up? I, no. Allow me to look it up for you. I just remember us talking about it the last time we had this thing. Anyways, I would like to start off uh, with a quote from a very famous PGA golfer who's now on the senior PGA. His name is John Daly. Uh, and he was on uh, the uh, Pat McAfee show doing an interview, and he says, I'm a Miller Lite guy. Always have been since I was eight. Wow. <laughs> yeah. John Daly lost a lot of his sponsorships uh, back in the day because he mm. was a, such an alcoholic. <laughs> but he's actually... He's he's been to rehab. He's better now, so he's back on the tour. Hmm. And I think he's actually won a couple of times recently. But man, that guy can hit the ball a mile. It, his swing is really crazy looking too. But yeah, he's a Miller Lite guy. Hmm. So all right, so apparently it is corn. Yes, because I know Bud Light has rice in it. Yeah. Um, I think the next one that we have is also corn. Okay. So, um, anyways, Coors Light, four point two percent ABV. It's clear as all get out. It's yellow. Yeah, it is yellow. It smells like beer. It does smell like beer. Do you get the corn? Not the aroma. <clears throat> there is something sweet 
in the flavor, though. I don't know if I'd say cooked corn, which would be a negative thing. Yeah. I guess it's not technically corn. It's flaked maize is what they use. See, and I wonder about the process that they use. If it is indeed flaked maize or if it's corn syrup. I found their process online the other day. If it goes into... I would imagine the flaked maize goes into their mash tun. Because the whole point of using adjunct is to cut costs. They're basically cutting the the recipe down. So you would think it'd go into the mash. Mm -hmm. Now, something else that I read about this, too, is... And I've mentioned this before. The only difference between, like, let's say, Coors Original or Coors Light is they brew the same beer and then they cut it with carbonated water until they reach the ABV that they want. Yeah, that'd be a great way to maintain consistency. Yeah. And then, you know, cut your costs by having a single production. Yeah. You know, I really do want to tour one of their one of their factories. I would like to as well. Got a big Coors plant here in Fort Worth? Yeah. Actually, two of them. Well, there's a, yeah, there's a Miller plant in uh, South Fort Worth that... A couple years ago, Cap and Hare got invited to a tour, but it was a limited number of uh, spots that, that people could attend. Mm-hmm. So you know, you would have to sign up if you were interested. And in, all the OGs got it. Yeah, and <laughs> I was not uh, invited. But I really would like to get a chance to see what the process is like on such a massive scale. Right. Because I'm, you know, I'm, I'm sure that almost every step is completely automated. Very little actual human. Interaction. I, I have some more facts. Oh. So not only is it 4.2%, it's also 102 calories. Here's a fun fact. It's uh, <laughs> five, five grams of carbs, zero grams of fat, and one gram of protein. Oh, there's protein. There is protein. Here's our protein for the day. Uh, let's see. One gram. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so uh, I, since I work in, you know, South Fort Worth, I drive past that plant going up 35 every day on my way home Yeah, and it smells fantastic. Mm-hmm. Like whenever I can tell when they're doing their mash, cause it just smells like if you stick your head in your mash tunnel when you're mashing, that's what it smells like when I'm driving down the road mm. and it's, I wish I could bottle it and make it an air freshener, car air freshener. <laughs> But it smells exactly what you think it would smell like. Oh, yeah. There's also, a, I think, a, a bakery right next door, some kind of bread company. Yeah, yeah Bimbo. So it could be that, too, but... Well, no, that's... <laughs> Say that again? That's how it was pronounced to me. Uh, they, he pronounced what? it Bimbo. Bimbo? Bimbo. Instead of Bimbo. K. <laughs> I'm not sure that's correct. <laughs> I'm just going with what was told to me. So by whom? Probably another bimbo, <laughs> um, a former employee. Uh, okay. Yeah, who was high up at the time before he was <laughs> let go. I don't know why that was a funny clap situation, but it is kind of funny. Anyway, bimbo delayed audience reaction. Any more facts? Fun facts. You know, Coors Light is also the one that's known for having a little bit of uh, acetaldehyde. Mm, yeah. A little bit of the, like the green apple. And it's not always super apparent, but I remember that that's one that James pointed out in the class. 
Now that you say it, I do, because I, I said earlier I'm picking up some kind of sweetness, and I could I could see that that it could possibly be that. Yeah, but that's also a good a good thing to notice is that you know, had I not pointed it out, it's at a, such a low level that it's. Yeah, I mean, I just picked up a sweetness. I couldn't really put my finger on it. Yeah, but yeah, that makes sense. Just like at um, Budweiser's on the aged on Beechwood. And if you really think about it, maybe. I've never tried to taste wood. <laughs> yeah. I have no other facts at this time. Okay. <laughs> I do see that you're wearing your Coors shirt, though. Yes, I am, and I, that was not so, intentional. You forgot to bring your Coors glass. I was not at my house. Oh. I was at Courtney's. So At where? Courtney's. <laughs> you said Courtney's. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I, don't, I, I don't know what's wrong with me. The, the Coors Light. It's already yeah. getting to you. Uh, I'm already drunk. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so the adjunct for this one's going to be corn. And we believe, well, if we're to do this on the homebrew level, yes, you would add flaked maize, mix it in with your uh, with your two-row and, and base grains, and you'd mash with it. And the reason that they use that is it's to lighten the body, and you also get some fermentables uh, at a much cheaper price price than mm-hmm. uh, what actual malted barley cost right i would imagine that's just because of the process mm-hmm. corn you know you just raise the corn and there you go but the malted barley you have to go through the malting process which is expensive and time consuming yeah and corn is so abundant in america anyway ain't nobody got time for that so that's some <laughs> tradition with there too yeah yeah so yeah that's the first one mm-hmm. curs lat yep in the in the guidelines, they say that you can use up to 40% for the uh, American Light Lager. Hmm. Uh, use 40% of adjunct. So more than likely, since that's the number they use, that's probably pretty accurate for all of these. Again, that's almost half. Thank you for that. Yep. If we were to repeat what we did on episode 10 with a blind tasting of these, do you think we would be, uh, or do you think we would show any improvement? Over what we did yes. two years ago. Yeah, absolutely. See, I want to say yes, but I also felt really confident going into episode 10. Okay, well, let me put it to you this way. Here's the thing. There's two, there's a difference between then and now. You're now BJCP certified, first of all. Sure, there's a difference. Okay, so you, you know what to taste for, essentially. The other thing is... is we're uh, over a hundred episodes in. I think we could figure it out pretty easily. Well, well we I say were also easily. Very sure of ourselves before. Well, yeah, but we now have more experience, like official experience. 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 Yeah. Official. Official. Is anything that we do official outside of this podcast? <laughs> no. <laughs> On the podcast, it's official. No. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. I think I think we could do it. I th- I think we could get at least eighty percent correct. Yeah, because last time, I think I just got one out of the five correct. See, and I would like to do that again because I didn't get to do it the last yeah, time. Yeah, you didn't. So, yeah. Well, well, when you take another break, I'll I'll get on my computer and move my recipe over to the cloud so I can read it. All right. But it, it would be relevant information. Well, sure. And it was a good it was a good beer. I think. Um, there was one thing that I didn't really like about it. I think maybe I pulled it from lagering too soon or something. I don't I, I don't think it was quite done yet. 
So maybe I didn't do my diastole rest long enough or something. But, you know, it'd be interesting to try again, see if I can dial it in. But it, yeah. was, it was exactly what it was supposed to be. Yeah. A light, easy to drink, low alcohol lager. Mm-hmm. Yeah, as much crap as craft beer drinkers give the uh, the the big macro breweries, they do one thing very well, and that's consistency. Yeah. And after, because I've tried to make a Bud Light clone, and it did not turn out anything like what I was hoping it would. Yeah. So, well, I think if, if there's any flaws, you can't hide them. Right. I think yours just formatted too, or formatted, <laughs> fermented too hot. Yeah. Because you didn't have lagering capabilities or cool, cool ferment capabilities at that point. Uh, that one I did when I was moving out of my apartment, and I wasn't using the fridge. So I did have it in the fridge at some point, but it wasn't like where I had specifically dialed in a certain right. temperature. It was just like, well, let's put it on setting four in the fridge and see what happens. Yeah. I think once you get a ferment chamber going in a temp controller, you should try it again. Yeah. There's a whole section of the uh, recipe book on lagers that I've largely untouched. Yeah, I got a whole book over there that says New Brewing Lager Beer. <laughs> <laughs> that I've read but not really brewed anything out of. Well, anyway. shall we move on to the next one? I have yeah. palatability. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Ten. 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 What about your BJCP rating? Oh. Yes, palatability means if you had to chug it, how yeah. easy or how difficult could you do it? Well, this this is a chugging beer. Mm-hmm. That's kind of what it... I mean, beer pong and keg stands and you know they even make hats beer you can put like the beer cans in beer bong (laughs) yeah that's just a fun word to say beer bong bong it's a lot better than butt chugging this is true (laughs) oh my god (laughs) i remember that because i didn't know what that was but now i do (laughs) please don't tell me you've tried it no good oh no I mean, I'm here, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that this is a a uh, commercial example under... 1A. One, yeah. 1A, so... Yeah, Bud Light, Coors Light, Keystone Light, Michelob Light, Miller Light, Old Milwaukee Light. Those are the <laughs> commercial examples. Yep. So it probably hits all the all the categories you want and maybe dock it just a bit for the uh, acetaldehyde. Crap, I said it wrong. No, I didn't. Yeah, you said it right. Acetaldehyde. Yeah, I was debating my mind before I say it, whether it's that, acetaldehyde, or acetaldehyde. Because one of those, I used to say all the time. You used to say acetaldehyde all the time, but you're adding in extra letters. Yeah. It's acetaldehyde. <laughs> anyway. Maybe he just likes yeah. letters, okay? I'd, I'd say mid-40s on this one. Mm-hmm. Mid yeah. to low-40s, just because you can't. I mean, it is a commercial example. It's going to be high, but yeah. there is that slight acetaldehyde character in there. Mm-hmm. So 42. Yeah. All right. What's next? All right. <laughs> he sounds drunk already. Well, <laughs> I'm glad you asked. Yes, I am glad that you all asked because the next one comes in a really fat can. Mm. Uh, and it's blue uh, with some gold lettering. Uh, this is the Foster's Lager. Yay! Travis, the last time you had this, according to Untapped, you were at Outback Steakhouse. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not surprised. He was down under. 2014. 
Yeah, we've never had this on the podcast, by the way. We haven't? Actually, we I've never had it. So welcome to the podcast. Well, actually, I take, Fosters. That, I take that back. I think this is one of our beer night beers way back when, 10 years ago. This was, um, it was a night whenever we had people over. Fratto bought a can like that, and that's just all he drank. And it took him the entire night to finish it while we were drinking whatever our six-pack was. Oh, Lord. So we did. That's when we tasted the first time. That's the only time I've had it. It was a struggle. That was back in uh, 07, so a decade ago. Okay, well. But a lot can change between then and now, so we have uh, open mind. Well, here's what it says on the can. Over 125 years ago, during the summer of 1888, the Foster Brothers gave the thirsty people of Melbourne their first taste of true refreshment. (laughs) I would also like to point out at the top of the can, in large letters, it says, Brewed in the USA. Awesome. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. So much for Australian yeah. for beer. Yeah. Australian for brewed in the USA. And then on the top of the can it says, please don't litter. Here's a fun fact. Fun fact me. The ABV for this beer varies between 4% in Europe, 4.9% in Australia, and 5% in the US. Okay, well the can says that this one is 5%. It's got 146 calories, 11.2 grams of carb. Yeah, carbs. Zero grams of fat and 1.1 grams of protein. Ooh. So we're getting our protein in today, we'll y'all. Thank you for that. A little more protein in the Fosters. In You're day. welcome. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, here's a, something else that says, uh, this is an untapped. It is an easy drinking lager that is perfectly balanced with moderate vanilla tasting notes. Oh, and no, no hard edges or bitter aftertaste for perfect refreshment. Oh, no. That, that I'm scared. So, so let me know if you get any vanilla. Because uh, Untap says you will. Well, you can. <laughs> it was huge. Yes. Well, let's start with the appearance. Uh, it's ridiculously clear. It's yellow. And it is yellow. It's Which more dark. Like the Coors Light. It's a little darker than the Coors Light. Yeah, maybe a little. Yes. It smells like beer. I don't like it. You don't like the smell? No. <laughs> that was fast. <laughs> And rare. Yes. What What about the aroma do you not like? Let me smell it again just to make sure I'm smelling the right things. It smells just like the Coors Light. No. Never mind. No. I don't think it does. I don't know. I can't put my finger on it. I, I don't detect anything different or weird. No, there's something off. I don't know what it is, but I can't put my finger on it. Watch, watch, watch. I'll put my finger on it. No. Uh, I, I did not. You know that matte finish that I always talk about? Yeah. I smell it in the aroma. <laughs> you smell a matte finish. I can smell a matte finish. No, it's not matte. It's Foster's. Maybe a little vegetal? I don't know. Uh, maybe, yeah. It's DMS. I don't pick up anything in the aroma, but the flavor, there is an odd tinge in the finish. I wouldn't say vanilla by any means, but maybe like asparagus. Vegetal, yeah, yeah. There's a there's a higher grain flavor in this than it was in the Coors Light, right? Yeah, like dusty grain. Yeah, I don't get the adjunct character. 
nearly as much. No. But what do you think the adjunct... Oh, wait a minute. Let's talk about that for a second. <laughs> this is a... Please tell us. Yeah. Adjunct-related episode, so... So, uh, I googled it <laughs> on the on the goggle, and uh, someone had pointed out that this had corn in it, but the website doesn't really say. Right. So, I don't really know for sure. So, we're going off the word of some guy on the internet. Yeah. Which means it's got to be true. Oh, yeah. I mean, everything. It's on the internet. Yeah. Be true. I mean. Well, it's just like, um, I don't know if I said this before, when I was looking up Bud Light and how to clone it, there was not a specific, this is the adjunct. Right. Somebody on the internet said, I did a tour at the facility, you know, 10 years ago, 20 years ago, or whatever. He said it was a long time ago. And he said, the guy made an offhand comment about rice. So that was that was the basis of everybody's clone recipes, was that some guy at one point did a tour and the guy doing the tour said something about rice. Well, I'm gonna go ahead and say that this is corn. Yeah, but I do remember that in my rice beer I got a, a corn flavor, and that was the thing that I didn't like about it. I wanted it to be a little cleaner. Well, I mean, this is brewed in the USA. I wonder where. Uh... Pflugerville, that's by Austin. Yep. Brewed in the USA with us and... Im- oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> with us? <laughs> Brewed in the USA with US and imported ingredients. Yeah. Uh, where? It doesn't say. Is Foster's uh, owned by AB InBev? Or are they owned by Millicores? Let me Google it. I wonder what our hops smell like from like a month ago because they're still sitting on the table. Is this UK Challenger? <laughs> Last time I smelled them, they were pretty stinky. They smell like feet. <laughs> they are owned by AB InBev. It's not surprising. Uh, Yeah, those hops smell like feet. Wait a minute. <laughs> I think we're good, Sawyer. No. Okay, manufacturer worldwide, including Australia and India, AB InBev, Europe and CIS, Heineken International, Brazil, Brazil Curran, Canada, Molson Coors, U.S. Miller Coors. So it's brewed here by the Miller Coors Company. What? Yeah. I know. Anyway, uh, so here's my... My recipe that I did my uh, American oh light. Oh my god! I tell you, it smells like feet, doesn't it? No, it's I can't say it. <laughs> it smells anyway, like bottom. It's bad. Bottom. Um, my butthole's not talking <laughs> me very much. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so uh, my my light beer. This is for a five gallon batch. Okay. <laughs> Are you okay? Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> wow. He literally had a third of a can of Coors Light. He's already drunk. I'm not drunk. That's uh-huh. just funny. Yeah, okay. Why Why so, can't I laugh at something funny? That was your drunk laugh. No, I laugh like that too when I'm not drunk. Okay. So for a five-gallon batch of this light lager, I only had three pounds of malt. <laughs> Dang. And three pounds of flaked rice. So you then, did a 50-50 split. Yeah, and then some uh, 
Oh no, sorry. There was one in one point seven five pounds of pale six row. Oh okay. So I had three pounds of two row, one point seven five pounds of six row, and then three pounds of flaked rice. So my adjunct was thirty eight point seven percent. Okay. And then I did Haller Tower, Herzbrucker, half an ounce at sixty minutes, and then one ounce at five minutes remaining. Then I used the fermentus safe lager yeast. 60-minute boil, and I, I did a my, let's see, uh, 149 Fahrenheit was my mash temperature. 149. So. Okay. Yeah, that all makes sense. Just real straightforward. Um, just under the 40% margin for yep. uh, the adjunct ratio. and It was a pretty good beer. Like I said, it was a little... Neutral hops. A little off, Yeah, but pretty close. Not going to win any awards. I don't think you're ever going to win an award with a... Bud Light clone, at least not a best of show, because just not it's not what people look for to to get excited about. Yeah, mm. one of those contests. But there is that category, yeah. Blue Bonnet. So yeah. somebody's got to enter it, and somebody's got to win it. I wonder how many entries there are for that one. Can't imagine it's going to be very many. Uh, I uh, think it's more than we think. I don't know. We'll have to we'll have to do some research on that one. Yep. So how about All right, <laughs> pound, a, pound a little bit rating on the super pills? I'm sorry, what nine. Yeah, nine. I think I'm at the... Uh, yes, I'm going to say nine as well. I'll go with peer pressure. Nine, 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 I could nine, be, nine, nine. could be talked into eight, but I think nine. Yeah, I, I could go a little bit lower too, but I yeah. mean, there's nothing really like glaringly wrong with it. Hmm. So, BJCP rating. rating wow. BJ, BJCP. <laughs> I'm going to say uh, high 30s. BJCP. High 30s. Yeah, I'd probably agree with that. 38, 39. Yeah. It's kind of dull. Yeah, I mean, if, if Coors Light's the, the commercial example the in the 40s, it's not as good as, as that one. So. I wonder what the price point difference would be, like, per ounce. If it's cheaper, then that would make sense. I can look when I get home and let you know. I was surprised how little... The corn flavor cuts through on Foster's. Mm. Yeah. Maybe it's not corn. Well, it's got to be brewed with some kind of adjunct. Well, see, that's what I was asking if we wanted a rice example to compare. I mean, I do have another can of Bud Light in there if we want to drink it. But we've had Bud Light a couple of times on recent episodes. So <laughs> I don't I don't remember there being a huge difference between the rice and the corn adjunct as far as flavor goes. So, I mean, it's kind of a toss-up. As we said before, episode 10, we could not tell the difference between all of them. Yeah. Well, we did have that one guy say that it had corn in it, so. Well, I'm just saying, like, the, the taste difference between the two. Yes, because they don't add those to improve the flavor. They add it to cut it. Right. Because it's a relatively flavorless-ish yeah. kind of ingredient. Yeah. But the rest of our beers <clears throat> the rest of our beers today are going to have adjuncts that add to the flavor, for sure. Yes. So. But we couldn't get past the uh, the adjunct episode without first mentioning the the ones that uh, started it all. Made it all happen, yeah. Yep. <laughs> Even though it's an Australian beer made in the U.S. of A. Made in the U.S.A. All right. <laughs> Let's move on. Next. All right. Well, next up we're going to uh, stay local here in Fort Worth. We have the Hot Fusion Ale Works Feisty Blonde. Uh, it says, this ain't your mama's blonde. 
8.27% alcohol. It's a honey vanilla blonde. The can says, This bronze golden ale combines deeply aromatic orange blossom honey with a touch of pure Mexican vanilla and raw polanchillo. Pilon- I don't know what that is. I heard what you said. Raw <gasps> polanchillo to round out its smooth finish. Brew the four grains and two varieties of hops for balanced but unpasteurized and unfiltered to allow the natural essence of the citrus blossom to shine. Did they get it from concentrate? I doubt it. Because I'm sure that takes a lot of concentration. Sure. Boo! <laughs> so this one's definitely darker than our two light lagers. Yeah, this one's more of a golden yeah. color than being yellow. It's still very clear, but I wouldn't say brilliantly clear. Mm. I definitely get vanilla notes in the aroma. Yeah, that uh, that's pretty strong. Like the first thing you smell is like the the strong sweetness Whoa. of vanilla, and it's almost like if you smelled vanilla extract. Like if you're cooking or baking, yeah, I could see that. It it smells like vanilla extract. It's very strong vanilla. Yeah, yeah. Do you get any of the uh, honey in the aroma? I get like almost orange, but I don't think they put citrus in this. Well, I mean, it's orange blossom honey. No. I don't know how related those are. <laughs> no. Didn't it say orange blossom honey? Um, that's probably what I, is. That's what I read. Yeah, orange blossom honey with a touch of pure Mexican vanilla and raw piloncillo. <laughs> oh, that's that's brown P- sugar. Pioncillo. Yeah. To round out Piloncio. its smooth. That's, that's like a turbinado sugar. Mm. Yeah. Two varieties of hops for balance, but unpasteurized. I'm sorry, I couldn't understand. Into, uh, yeah, I didn't Chris, know what it was. Chris chopping it up in the natural essence of the citrus English blossom to shine. Sorry, we already read the whole thing. I know. I just felt like <laughs> reading it again. Is that okay? Sure. I have to practice my hooked on phonics. <laughs> By the way, congratulations to Hop Fusion, as uh, this week at the Fort Worthy Awards. They Worthy? were yes, they were awarded the best brewery slash brew pub in Fort Worth. They were what is it? Fort Worthy. Fort Worthy. Yeah. Not probably. Fort Worthy. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's Fort Worth. But it's, they're worthy. But they're so worthy, Fort worthy in Fort Worth, so they're Fort Worthy. So, yeah, they won. Good for them. Yeah. I'm glad. I, I love Roar. I'm going to start by saying that. I love Roar. Like the person or the beer or the brewery? Both. All. Yes. <laughs> I'm glad Hot Fusion won. They deserve it. That's just my personal opinion. <laughs> There's a lot more breweries in Fort Worth than just RAR. Yeah. I know, but RAR is pretty big. I mean, nowadays. Yeah. Well, they've always... Anyway. Um. <laughs> I'm just I'm saying. A big girl now. Exactly. <laughs> so, in the flavor, <laughs> the flavor... Oh, their flavor. It is very strong vanilla... Like potpourri, yeah, it's a uh, potpourri floral. Yeah, yeah. This reminds me of the feisty redhead. See, I, okay, I'm not a huge fan. This is not my favorite hot fusion beer. This feisty blonde, mm. mine neither. They have a lot of really good beers. This is not one of my favorites. I like the huevo and the feisty redhead. If I remember correctly, is the same beer but with cherry. Mm-hmm. 
cherry and hibiscus i uh, i feel like yeah I, I think you're right travis and the thing about that beer is that the things that we don't like about this one i would say the cherryness covers up no i'd say it's magnified i disagree the cherry that they use in that is like cough syrup because cherry to, syrup to me the feisty redhead is amazing yeah, I'm not in a comparison fan. to this, I'm not a fan. I mean, this is okay. It's not my like I said. It's, it's not my favorite, but the feisty redhead. I could like when I go play there, I drink that all all night. I I won't really drink anything else. See, the hairpin I think is fantastic. All of their dark beers, the the coffee oh, beer, all all of them are fantastic. That cold brew coffee beer. Oh my gosh! But see, the thing yeah. is, and the reason I won't drink those is so I I don't throw up into my tuba when I'm playing. <laughs> well, yeah. So they don't have very many sessionable beers over there. No, a lot of them are high alcohol. <laughs> yeah, and, and you know what? Yeah. You you can't taste the alcohol, and it's fantastic. Yeah. They they do they do what they do very well. Yeah, including the one that we have in our glass right now, which was listed at what eight point two seven. And yeah. so, if you walk in and you think, yeah. oh, "I just want like a nice light blonde," and that's what you order, well, that's not you're, what you're for a surprise. Get. Yeah, <laughs> you're about to get messed up, my that's why friend. It says it's not your mama's mm-hmm. blonde, and, and and they're very unapolog- uh, unapologetic about it too. No, yeah. and and the, the the other cool thing too is like every time I have to bring in a sub for my band, which I'm doing on November 18th. Uh, like this past gig that we played there in August, we brought in a different drummer, and he's never been there before, and he had the beer. And he was just blown away. Yeah. I mean, absolutely blown away by everything that they had. And you know what he started with? This one? This one. See, and he just, loved it. There's a lot going on in this beer. A lot of really strong flavors. And if you're not prepared for that or you're not into that kind of thing, then you're not going to yeah. like it. It's very busy and it takes a little time to dissect what's really going on. But, you know, most people that go to the brewery these days are not like us where we sit here and dissect beers. You know, they, they yeah. go because they just want good beer. Yeah. And this well, is this is still a really good beer if you don't sit there and, you know, think yeah. about it. Well, I know my wife likes it, and yeah. she's not really into the whole beer scene. Yeah, Courtney loves the feisty redhead, and she's not really one for this one. Yeah. See, so we need to get a giant Jenga set in the studio so that we can... Be focused more on that than actually yeah. talking about the beer. Right. Yeah. As far as an adjunct representative for this episode, this beer certainly has a uh, pretty large presence. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When sure. it comes in terms of the uh, adjuncts that, which would be the uh, orange blossom honey and vanilla. Yeah. Because there's some of those things that you know it'll say such and such beer brewed with something, and sometimes you have to really think and really dig to find that additive that they they brewed with yeah yeah this one is not the case it's it's definitely there you know it's there you know exactly what it is yeah so poundability for me on this one three really that low yeah it's it's rich very rich i wasn't thinking that i wasn't thinking below a five i was probably gonna say like five Mm -hmm. and a half six no it's, it's too way too rich for me yeah, because as soon as you bring it to your face, then you're smelling the the strong aromas already, which would make it not as easy to pound. Certainly not as easy as like I'd even say light. it's like a medium full body. Like it's it's just a big beer. By the way, I'd like to point out 8. that this 2? is not a regular can. You are correct. Yeah, um, it's a labeled can. Mm-hmm. Do you feel it? I feel that can. Yeah, it's a regular can. Um, Kids are. Uh, 
What? <laughs> <laughs> uh, and they, I would also like to point out that on their cans, they advertise their tap room hours. Well, not necessarily hours, but their tap room is open six days a week. So if you've never been over there, you ought to go check it out. That place is cool. They have live music every Friday and Saturday. Tri- yeah. uh, they have karaoke on Wednesday nights. Oh, cool. Yeah. So that might be something we ought to go do. But So BJCP rating on this one. If if we're just kind of lumping all of these things into adjunct something, because obviously the, the base style is going to be different for all of them. I would say... If we're doing, if we're calling this an adjunct versus a blonde, I would say this is like mid thirties. I don't know, Travis. What do you think? Mm. What What would we enter these these as? Yeah, that was that's what I was thinking. What category would this fit best in? Because if you put this in the blonde category, this does not fit. No, no, not at all. But uh, in this in the spice, spice, spice herb vegetable. Mm, even that's kind of pushing it. How do you yeah. say it, Sawyer? Spice, herb, or vegetable. Oh, herber. Okay. <laughs> I said herb or. You said herber. I was in a hurry. Mm. Slash drunk. Yeah, I would say because even breaking that category down, there's one that has like spice and one that has spice and herbs. Well, under spice beer, you've got 30A, which is spice, herb, or vegetable. And then 30B, you have autumn seasonal. And then 30C is winter seasonal. Well. So... I, the only other thing that could possibly be is alternative fermentables because you're adding other fruits and things to it. But I don't think vanilla extract and honey is definitely fermentable, but I don't know about the vanilla. Probably not so much. So, Or there's also fruit beer. Some of these other things we're going to drink today could be included there. I don't know. There's, there's a lot of options. But if somebody handed me this beer and said, judge this as a whatever... I still don't think it'd be very high. Not for me, anyway. There's like a chemical taste to it. I don't. I don't agree with the chemical taste. For me, it would be a, a balance-related issue. That uh, mm-hmm. you know, I, I feel the uh, just the the intensity of the adjuncts um, is pretty overpowering, and I, I'd I'd like to see it a little bit more dialed back. I don't think that's uh, that's what they want. Right. They they like it like it is. Obviously, that they've been making it this way for several years now. Yeah. And um, I wouldn't mind I'm sure having it's a big seller for them. Yeah. Too. Uh, oh, I it wouldn't is. mind having a session version of this. I you mean, know, this is the first beer dialed back yeah. all across the board. Cut yeah. it in half, see what happens. This beer is the first one that they put in cans and sold in stores. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, they followed this yeah. one up with the hairpin. It might even be their flagship. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure there. that's how it is. Mm-hmm. I. Well, for me anyway, I'd say hairpin over this one every single day. Well, of the week. yeah, but again, you have to think about it from well, yeah. mass market perspective. Yeah. Do you are you going to have thousands of people coming in and dissecting the beer? No, probably not. Exactly. Yeah, and that's why it is their flagship. Buy a bottle of this and get shammered. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome for that. It, it comes in cans, but <laughs> what was the beer that I said that for? I have no. I idea. don't know. It I was it, episode fifteen. <laughs> I bet it was the, uh, was it the uh, the mead, desire. Oh man, desire! I bet it was that one. I love that. I haven't had that in a long time. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, that's another example that had some over the top. Yeah, wine. yeah. Let's move on. All yep. Right. Well, next, I believe we are going to welcome in a new brewery to our podcast. Um, I don't think we featured anything from them, but we may have. 
I'm not even entirely sure I've had something from them, but uh, the brewery uh, that we're speaking of is uh, Elysian out of, where are they, Oregon, Seattle? Somewhere up there. Let's see. I've had one of their beers. Yes, Seattle, Washington. And uh, this, of course, uh, the company that grew to fame whenever they were bought out by AB InBev, uh, what was that, 2013? Late 2013? Or 2014, one of those. And then uh, that was pretty early on whenever Anheuser was starting to buy out some places. I think they had bought Goose Island before then, and then Elysian was the next one to go. And then uh, there was the Super Bowl commercial that Anheuser-Busch ran that said that, you know, it's kind of making fun of craft beer drinkers and said beer wasn't meant to be fussed over. And then they said they make beer the hard way um and they also said you know we have it like straightforward flavors not your peach pumpkin ale yeah crap and then quickly after people looked up and realized that this company elysian that they just purchased within the week before then brewed a peach pumpkin ale so there was a kind of a funny connect with that Mm. but uh now that they have the uh the distribution of Anheuser-Busch at their backing. Now they're in Texas, and so we actually have one of the beers. And this is the Super Fuzz. It's a blood orange pale ale. It is absolutely unfiltered because just by looking at the bottle before you opened it, there was a layer of sediment and stuff at the bottom, and then pouring it, that uh, was proved to be true, 6.4%. <laughs> And it says it's brewed with blood oranges. And the I think only, there's still pulp in there in the glass. The only other Elysium beer I've had was the Space Dust IPA. Oh, I've heard of that one. Maybe I have had that. I have uh, not had anything from them. That was I was at the MotoGP in Austin uh, back in April, and they had a, a craft beer stand set up. And so that's where I had that one. It was it was pretty good. I liked it. Uh, I gave it a three and a half out of five. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah. I'm interested to try another one of their beers. Smells like a pale ale. I get the the hoppy uh, citrusy notes for sure. I have floaties. I really do have a lot of floaties. As do I. Um, Uh, It's like little clumps. I do not. (laughs) Travis, look at mine. Holy crap. Yeah. I saw you pouring it. Sawyer's glass looks like a glass of orange juice (laughs) with with super pulp. (laughs) Yeah, super (laughs) I have, Super duper. I have no floaties. Mine is hazy at best. No, mine's like you can't see through it. And it's it's settling at the bottom. 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 Mm. Aroma. I get some of the uh some of the blood orange citrus notes in the in the yeah. smell. But uh, also has a fair amount of hops that come through with it too. I actually really like this. It's balanced really nice. Yeah, the flavor you get, you get the malt, you get a little bit of the, the hops. I'm picking up a lot of citrus. Mm-hmm. Of course, that could also be the the blood orange, mm-hmm. but it's definitely a citrus heavy. I just uh, unlocked a badge. Would you like to know? Sure. Yes. Land of the Free, level 92. Ooh. Oh, yeah. By the way, we did discover that Untapped uh, increased their badge levels within the last, what, week or two. Yeah, it says that's 460 different beers from a brewery in the United <laughs> States. Try five more for level 93. Holy crap, I've drank a lot of beer. 
Yeah, the blood orange comes in. I really get it on the on the aftertaste and finish. Yeah, because it's like a lingering, not not like a sweet orange citrus yeah. note, but almost a, a little a mix between like a grapefruit tang. And, right. And, oh, it's probably like a like the pith. If you were to bite into an orange a little bit too deep and you got some of the pith, that's mm-hmm. what that tastes like. Because I think, and I don't know this for sure, I think the blood oranges are a little bit more bitter than your regular orange. Okay. And that's why they pair with the beer well. Hmm. Because I did some research on the, on the blood oranges a while back when I was trying to do like a blood and honey clone. Oh, yeah. Um, of course, you can only buy blood oranges like one month out of the year. Kind of like very hatched sp- chili peppers. Yeah, it's very specific because when they're available, but... Um, Anyway, I never actually brewed with blood oranges. I think I just used regular oranges or tangerines because I couldn't find anything else. Doesn't blood and honey have blood oranges in them? Isn't it? <laughs> Welcome to Brew Styles. <laughs> Did you already say that? Uh, yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> I was trying to catch up. I'm sorry. <laughs> I need to turn the, the game off behind no, me. No, I wasn't looking at the game. I was okay. checking into the beer. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, I, th- I do think that the blood oranges might be a little bit more bitter than your normal run-of-the-mill orange. Uh, I don't know. I kind of disagree with that. I think they're pretty sweet. Man, I can't re- I, I brewed one beer with blood oranges, and it was a beer that we did like a, a four-person multi-brew at Fratto's house one night, and I was the last person to start boiling, so I was obviously drunk by then because <laughs> everyone else had... We, we staggered all of our brews. And then I remember having the blood oranges and just like squeezing them in squeezing the juice in with my hands that might have been a whip beer were your hands all bloody probably it's cut red handed <laughs> so I, I'm I'm gonna go ahead and say this now just because you brought up the fact of being drunk while brewing I am not gonna be in charge of brewing at Iron Mash this year or at least sanitizing. <laughs> I can sanitize. If you give me one job... That's like, the job that you had. No, it wasn't. You yeah. told me I was brewing. No, you sanit- You said you sanitized my carboy and it was fermenting the It next was day. my carboy. <laughs> you took my carboy home. Either way, you sanitized the carboy and it was fermenting the next day. <sighs> before the yeast was pitched. <laughs> I sanitize is all I'm saying. All I'm saying is I'm not brewing. I will sanitize be there. Sanitize your crack. I will be there to support, just like you were last time. <laughs> anyway, back to the Elysian. It's a good beer. I just wish it didn't have so much sediment. Would you like to taste mine? I would, actually, if you don't mind. Yeah, I can't disagree with you. I actually like this beer quite a bit as well. Uh, I'm sure that having the sediment in there adds to the, like, chewiness. the juiciness. Yeah, the it flavor. It does. It really does. So that's probably why they oh my why God. they did that. But I know. But at the same time, you know, somebody's going to buy this bottle or the six pack, and actually, if, if you drink it out of the bottle, then you don't know what you're drinking. And it's you, fine. You want to swig, Travis? Yes. Yours is sweeter than mine. Yeah, it's it's like it's got like a fuller mouthfeel too. I guess it's because of the sediment. But well, you know, I was because I was earlier I was saying this one was more bitter than I was expecting. But with all the sediment and probably what's going to be some orange chunks, it is sweeter. It's interesting. I think that this is a little too thick for me. I was hammered at that one. 
<laughs> hammered in a lot of them. Oh. I know. <laughs> well, uh, for all those that say that whenever a brewery gets bought out by a macro brewery that their quality goes down, I think this proves in the opposite because this is yeah. I mean, I haven't noticed tasty beer. I haven't noticed a huge difference in quality for a Revolver, and they're local. Mm-hmm. Are they still going to have a satellite location in Arlington coming up? Yeah. Um, no. They are? Yeah. Oh, it's yeah. going to be in the Texas Live. Oh, it's going to be in that whole monstrosity? Uh-huh. See, and that they were talking about that on the, on the ticket the other day. And the fact is, like, they, they, they design it, they make it look really cool, so you'll agree to do it, and then it never turns out that way. Oh, like the promotional images? and Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Well, no, this this has to do with the brewery because I wonder if the brewery will actually end up in there. <laughs> hey, thanks for saving it. So, just saying, it we will. Haven't, we haven't used yeah. the bell in a while. Yeah, well, so, so. Guy Fieri's got a restaurant going in there, too. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Oh, my Okay, gosh. yeah, that was off topic. Oh, okay, yeah. I'll, I'll go with At least one. I kept it beer related. <laughs> anyway, um, so adjunct. What's your pa- oh. Adjunct related on this one? 10. What? <laughs> Adjuncts being the blood oranges, I think that yeah. they that it balance. Yes, it was good because it's a good balance. You got a good flavor. It presents well. It adds to the overall beer experience yeah. and, rather than taking away from it. You uh, can tell it's there, but it's not over the top. Sure, mm-hmm. yeah, agreed. And uh, I like that on this one. So, yeah, this is one that I could drink during the summer all day long. I could drink this all night. <laughs> I don't know. That's one of my favorite drops. I could drink this all day. Anyway. Uh, that was when Sawyer wasn't here, and we were drinking a beer, and it was like just you and I, Chris. Yeah. And that was probably the, like, yeah. was that the, the Belgian Dubel episode or something. Oh, my. <laughs> like, yeah, what, what would Sawyer say about it? He'd like this one. And so then I kind of sort of leaned towards your microphone. That, that's why it's <laughs> semi-off. Anyway, so poundability on this one. Uh, eight. Seven or eight. Seven. Six. Okay. The bitterness level is a little bit much. All right, BJCP. Ooh. Let's see. Okay, so if we're just if we are creating our own adjunct category for yes, balance, yes, 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 yes. Let's yes. just let's just assume that today. Okay. We're creating our own adjunct category for balance. Thirty-two to thirty-five. Mm. You could enter this in the fruit fruit category. Yeah. And it would just have to the adjunct would have to. Improve upon what was it? A harmonious marriage. Yep. Yeah. Harmonious. We joked about that for a long time. Yeah. But not all of these beers are going to be entered in the same category. No. So we've, we've got to figure out what category it would be entered in, which one it would do well in. And I think if you enter it in the fruit category, that it absolutely would score in the high 30s without a doubt because yeah. it's the fruit adds to the overall beer. Appearance would be a one because you got all those chunks and stuff. Mm-hmm. But uh, other than that, Everything else is uh, spot on. Yeah. All right. Well, Travis, I know you brought another one. So what is it? Well, so uh, we <laughs> read the label for Travis's next beer and uh, realized that it was something else. So we're going to save that for a minute. Uh, so we'll move on to the couple of beers that I brought. Uh, we have the Passiflora White IPA from Community here locally. Uh, this is a white IPA brewed a, with... A new beer as far as I know. Yeah, and I've never had it or heard of it either. So this is a white IPA brewed with passion fruit. 
Uh, OG 10.5 degrees, or sorry, 15.5 degrees. Play-Doh IBU 50, best served at 52 degrees. Named for the passion fruit flower, Passiflora IPA offers harmonious tropical flavors from a distinct hot blend of copious amounts of passion fruit fruit puree. What? Passion fruit puree. Dingleberries. That's <laughs> that's a little bit of a tongue twister. Uh, mosaic and citra hot. Oh. <laughs> mosaic and citra hops complement the uniquely tart flavor of the fruit, all balanced by the subtle maltiness of a wheat-based grist and fruity esters from authentic Belgian yeast. I'm sorry, did you say mosaic? I did. Actually, twice. Row. So, mosaic and citra. Citra is the cat pee hop, right? No. Every single time I say that. Yes. What is it? Simcoe. Ah. Yeah, I do remember that, Simcoe. Every single time. I don't know why. Citra and Simcoe, I guess, could be similar. Like, okay, Simcoe, that, that word does not, or that name does not sound appetizing. Does cat pee sound appetizing to you? No. Okay, so then remember it that However, way. if you've ever seen, there's a, a, a series on Netflix called Turn. It's about the Revolutionary War spies. Okay. And uh, one of the the British captains in that series, his name is Simcoe, and he's uh, not a nice guy. I see. So maybe I could relate it to the two. Anyway, if I can remember that from now on. So here's the Community Passiflora White IPA brewed with passion fruit. Citra pairs well with Mosaic. They're both dank-ish. Because uh, I brewed something with, with uh, Citra recently. Might have been the Classic Blonde. And I smelled it and I was like, this is amazing. This is what I want an IPA to smell like. So that's probably going to be my future to do a, a Mosaic slash Citra IPA. Huh. Uh, Appearance-wise on this one, it's slightly hazy, so it's not brilliantly clear, but still fairly clear. It's not... You can probably still read through it. Chunks. Um, Yeah. Thin thin white head. Mine's pretty hazy. Oh. The aroma, I definitely get fruit. I get hops. Yeah, fruit and hops for sure. It's a very strong aroma, Uh, but in a pleasant way. Yeah. Yeah. Smells good. Yeah. I do get some of the dank notes that you would expect from both Citra and uh, Mosaic, but it also is kind of smoothed out by a little bit of the floral the floral notes. Sim, uh, Citra and Mosaic aren't floral. Oh. Are you talking about from the passion fruit? I would assume so. Have you all tasted it yet? Yes. Oh. In oh. a good way or a bad way? Bad. I wasn't listening when you said it was a, a Belgian yeast as well, so there's a whole different well, level of... Uh, yeah, it's a white dish. IPA. I don't enjoy this beer. Why? The combination of the hops don't mix well, especially with the yeast. Mosaic and Belgian yeast. Well, well we were just uh, talking about how the two hops do mix well together. I disagree. <laughs> I, I, I really do. Well, how much of it is... Is the the hops or the yeast? It's or more the passion fruit. It's more so the hops. Okay, that's just what stands out to me. See, I'm not a huge fan of white IPAs. the The Belgian IPA, I don't know that because obviously 
when we think IPA, like American IPA, we think like citrus and pine and, and those kinds of things. The Belgian yeast is going to be fruity and kind of clovey, and I don't think those things mix well with the citrus. Of course, that's just my opinion. Um, I think if they did an American IPA with the passion fruit, like a citrus and pine, maybe not so much pine, but a citrus IPA with the passion fruit, I think that would be really good. I, uh, I don't know. It's hard to tell. Yeah, this this beer is interesting. There's a lot of things happening in in the flavor profile. Uh, you can really pick out individual aspects um, of the beer that have been contributed from different parts, like from the hops. They are they have a distinct flavor. Um, the passion fruit also, which I think is something similar to like a grapefruit flavor. So it's uh, it has right. some tart notes, but also um, some tropical. Uh, notes as well and then you've got the belgian yeast which impart an entire different uh, palette of of uh, esters and phenols and all of that goes into this one thing so it's ridiculously complex yeah this one's busy it is as it as it sits on my tongue i think it's the mosaic big surprise i'm not a, a well, it's not it's not just the mosaic because you were talking about Sawyer that the two hops not going well together. Well, with the yeast though, and what the one that I actually can put my foot on, I actually have to agree with you is the mosaic. Because I'm, you know, it's not like it's a big secret that I'm not a huge fan of the mosaic. No, but I think if they had gone with a different hop choice, this would be a really, really, really good beer. Yeah, because I like the tartness and the fruitiness of the passion fruit. I think they should have used Cascade. Well, any of the sea hops, really. Yeah, because Cascade's the one that's really grapefruit based. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, I would I would say Cascade for this one, not not Mosaic. They wa- they wanted something dank as far as a flavor. It seemed like well, if they it's wanted community. Mosaic. They have a Mosaic IPA. They have an abundance of Mosaic hops. So well, sure, they're going to use Mosaic in another beer. Yeah, I know, but my gosh, it's just. This this tastes like the Mosaic IPA with some passion fruit added to it. I disagree. To this tastes. I, I can't even say it on the radio because I, I really don't like this beer. No offense, community, oh. but I just I'm not a, I'm not a fan. I think it's good to an extent. I like it. If they had maybe gone a different route with the Mosaic. Now I'm not going to be an Eddie and and you know if this were offered to me, throw it against the wall. But <laughs> I, I would definitely drink it if it were offered to me. It's really thick too. It's got like a medium full body to it, it which I didn't thick. quite expect. Yeah, it's really thick. <laughs> <laughs> I miss Eddie being here. Just wait. Gosh, it it's weird being in this room right now because you've got such differences of opinions and and i'm a big supporter of community oh yeah i love their beer oh yeah me too but yeah i I think i think i'm on the same line as you chris that it's there's a lot of really good things happening but there's so many parts of this beer that already by themselves impart some pretty intense flavors that you know you could brew a beer with just one of these things like a passion fruit blonde and then oh, the yeah. passion fruit comes through or a mosaic IPA or a Belgian anything because the yeast comes through and then you put all three of those things they almost start to conflict, conflict and, and butt yeah. heads yeah I'm, I'm not finding the harmonious marriage between all of them 
which they're all good flavors, but yeah, at, at some point they start jockeying for which one uh, kind of takes the lead in, in the, the See, that's the, that's the exact same thing that I feel about the Feisty Blonde. There's okay. a lot going on that there, yeah. and, and they all start to kind of clash a little bit. Now, from even, even more of a general perspective, more general perspective, when you're stressed out at work, you're confused about life, where do you, what do you do? You drink a beer, right? <laughs> Not quite sure where you're going with this. <laughs> Why would I want to go drink a confusing beer? See what I'm saying? I don't want to go to the brewery and get confused more so than I already am. I'd like to go there and clear my head with a nice, simple beer. Like Coors Light? No, it doesn't have to be Coors Light. <laughs> it, it it could be something completely else. It's a slightly different. Bush. I can't English today. English. China. Yes, exactly. China. But do you see what I'm saying? Like that's the other perspective too. You have to look at it from all sides. I. Not, okay, so this is not my favorite community beer. Hmm. There's some good things going on here. I think. Sure. I, I like passion fruit. I wish there were more beers that utilized it. However, I don't think this is one that I'd reach for again. Just because of the tartness of the passion fruit and the fruitiness of the passion fruit and the dankness of the mosaic, I don't think blend well. No, it's not a harmonious marriage. Plus, you've got the Belgian characters thrown in there, too. Yeah. Which, which it's is, not over the top, but it's definitely detectable. Yeah, which is a whole different story. Yeah, I, I'd like Sawyer's suggestion to see if they swapped Mosaic with Cascade. Or something like that. Yeah. Uh, well, Even if they kept Cascade the Belgian. Cascade would work great. Even I if agree. they kept the Belgian in there and just swapped out the Mosaic. Yeah, I think that would completely change this beer. Now, you know, as it warms, it gets sweeter. Because I just took another drink. I did too. Yeah, you're right. It does. But the Mosaic is still pretty, yeah. pretty the dank, there. The dankness is still kind of at the back corner of your mouth. Mm-hmm. The Kind of the area it kind of it's almost like i took my tongue and just ran it through a litter box (laughs) that's a drop thank you (laughs) don't know that i'd quite go that far well i mean that's just what mosaic what that means i don't know i'm not sure where i was going with that (laughs) but i don't know this is the first thing that came to mind Yeah, just because you were playing with podcast cat hey he's cute come here Oh, he left. So what's your poundability rating on this one, huh? <laughs> Two. Yeah. Yeah, this is... If I had to chug this, it would be fairly difficult yeah. on say, multiple levels. Two two or three. I'm with yeah. a two, yeah. Now, BJCP rating for white IPA is a category and fruit beer is a category. So I guess it'd have to be entered as a fruit beer with, with the white IPA as a base. 20s. Yeah. Low 20s. <sighs> Well, a white IPA is not the same thing as a Belgian IPA. No. Because a white IPA is like a wheat slash... It's like a wit beer, a hoppy wit beer. Is it a wit beer, a wheat beer? So the... I'm not sure I was going with that. Never mind. No, maybe you're right. Because a wit beer, you do use Belgian-based yeast. Yeah. yeah. It's just a wit beer blend. So I'm... Yeah, it's, it's a Belgian. Okay, okay. It's a Belgian IPA. White which is IPA, why I said, which Belgian is why I'm not IPA really, things. well, I just think the mosaic throws this beer completely. There's no great balance. The mosaic is really over the top for me. Yeah. Balance is one that, that, uh, I would mark down a lot. 
if I were judging this as a BJCP entered beer. So it really came down to what categories entered in. We should have brought an adjunct professor on the show today. I think we know one now. I know several. Oh, I see what you did there. <laughs> Could have gotten Ed. All right, so I'm, I'm scrolling to white IPA. Yes, white IPA and Belgian IPA are two different things. So they claim it to be a white IPA. Of course, you know, if Frado were here, he'd tell us that they don't care. It's what, black. What they call it. So white IPA is a fruity, spicy, refreshing version of American IPA, but with a lighter color, less body, and featuring either a distinctive yeast and or spice additions typical of a Belgian wit beer. So you still yes. have a Belgian character in a white IPA. Okay. However. So how does that differ from a Belgian IPA? Well, so according to, so category 21B, specialty IPA, Belgian IPA is an IPA with fruitiness and spiciness derived from the use of Belgian yeast. The examples from Belgian tend to be lighter in color, more attenuated, similar to a tropel that has been brewed with more hops. So, I, I mean, to me, the two things could possibly be interchangeable depending on your your base ingredients. So, I guess I see where they're going with this. Looking at it, I would not call this a white IPA. No, it's it's, it's too, yellow. It it is. It's it's yeah. an orangish color. Yeah, I don't think wit beer when I look at it. No. no. And so if I would call this Belgian IPA with passion fruit. Yeah, it looks because it more uses like a, a Belgian yeast. Okay. It looks more like a tripel. I don't know why they chose to put white on the label. I'm confused by that. But whatever the hell they want on the well, label. Well, I know. I know, but you would think that as a consumer, I'm looking to the label to know what kind of beer it is. Yes. Tasting it, I would say it's Belgian. And yet they chose to put white IPA on sure. the label. And you're probably on the you know, in the ninetieth percentile of people that buy this beer and actually know what the hell a white IPA is compared to a Belgian IPA. Exactly. So but why would they choose white when it's not even white? It's not even a light IPA. This is darker than a normal IPA. No. Yeah, if you pick it on American IPA, that's what I expected to look like right no, there. No, I completely disagree with you. The IPAs no. are darker. Yeah. They, uh, no, no. IPA is all about hops. There's nothing specifically color-related in it. I oh. drank one yesterday from Sierra Nevada. It was darker than well, this. Well, that's fine. But I'm saying on a broad scale, IPAs are not a specific color. I mean, they have a color range. Blind but Amber this is not a white IPA. Well, most of the ones I that could I, tell you that just by... If, somebody, if you handed this to me, I don't care who brewed it or what it was. If you said, is this a white IPA? I'd say no. Hands down, that is not a white IPA. So the only other aspect of that is flavor profile, which would be Belgian, not white. Yeah, I, I think it, it suits the Belgian IPA category better than it does the white IPA category. So if you were to enter it in the BJCP, you'd have to put it in at fruit beer with claiming Belgian IPA as the base because that would be more, uh, it would be more successful I'd still only give it a 34. Uh, yeah, I, I would struggle or in the 30s, maybe even start to dip into the 20s, just because the it, there's not a, a harmonious blend between the flavors. They're, no. they're too conflicting. Well, should we move on? Yes. Okay. I got another one. All right, so the other one I brought is the Rogue Cold Brew IPA. So it's an India Pale Ale blended with cold brew coffee look how much darker it is yeah it's also made with coffee sawyer 
It's not black. Dedicated to two of our favorite things. Rogue Cold Brew IPA is a hoppy IPA blended with 200 gallons of Stumptown Coffee Roaster's famous cold brew coffee in every Dude. batch. Brewed to awaken your senses, Cold Brew IPA opens with a huge hit of coffee aroma that is balanced by a not-so-subtle hop punch. Brewed using 14 ingredients. Wow. Two-row, Rogue Farms Dare and Risk, C40, White Wheat, Rolled Oats, and Kiln Coffee Malts. Rogue Farms Liberty, Rebel, and Freedom Hops, and Simcoe Hops. Uh oh. <laughs> oh gosh. Stumptown Cold Brew Coffee, Free Range Coastal Water, and Pac Man Yeast with a light, scomy aroma. Pac Man? Apparently. But it says no chemicals, preservatives, or additives. Oh, thanks for that. Pac Man Yeast. <laughs> uh, 7.5% ABV. 82 IBUs. Oregon Brood, established 1988. All right, there you go. So, definitely darker than anything else we've had. This is kind of a... This looks like a Martzen. Yeah, it's a light amber to deep cupper <laughs> in appearance. Yeah, with a... No sediment. Thin head. White to off-white. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Interesting. Aroma is definitely coffee and hops. Hops, yeah. I would say like a sweeter coffee, not like a, a real dark, bitter coffee. Yeah, it's not like a, a cup of black, roasty coffee. Yeah. So I guess that's the cold press. Because I've heard people talking about cold pressing coffee, and it's coffee without the bitterness. <laughs> that reminds me of that scene from Airplane with the two little kids yeah, talking to each other. What? And uh, she goes, uh, I like my coffee black, like my men. Cold pressed? Never mind. I like to fly. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I guess if you're doing... I, well, see, that doesn't make sense, though, because if you had a bitter beer and you added bitter coffee to it, wouldn't the two bitternesses like help each other out? Or would it be too bitter? It would be too bitter. Possibly. Possibly. Yeah, um, so I think what they're looking to do is to avoid the complex interactions that we saw in the previous beer, because they don't want two things like an IPA and another thing like coffee to start to butt heads. So right. by adding the the cold brew, they're trying to lessen the uh, the bitter and the acridness of it and bring more about the uh, just the flavors and aromas that you can get from coffee. Right. So to relate this to our episode, there are a lot, a lot of coffee beers on the market. And it's... We did a full episode on yeah. it. If you want to go back and listen to it, you're more than welcome to. We do and talk about how to add coffee. It coffee was, coffee beers are... are I, I really enjoy them. It was episode 15. They're fantastic. It was not 15. However... Um, it was episode 15. Oh, you're right. Yeah. So... <laughs> see? <laughs> um, hey! <laughs> Hey, guys, how are we going? Yep. Anyway, um, ah. so I... <laughs> also known as University of Houston. Thank you. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, so... <laughs> Those are called drops, by the way, in case you were confused. Yeah. That wasn't actually us saying that. Yeah, they're played out of context to be funny, hopefully. Thanks for that, Sawyer. 
Anyway, so it's fifty percent. I think. That, can we move on, please? <laughs> Sorry. No, you're not. No, I'm not. Yeah, you're right. So, coffee is considered an adjunct. <laughs> Some beers focus on the coffee more than others. What is so funny? Why are you over there? Oh, God. Okay. So, let's just see if we have a harmonious marriage between our IPA and our coffee. Somewhat. Did you taste it? I did. Twice. <laughs> coffee comes through in the aroma. Um, like you said earlier, it's not like any the intense black coffee aroma. So, I think that does pair well with the hops. Now, the flavor of the coffee comes through for sure. But it it is balanced pretty well with the the hoppy bitterness. Yes. It's really intriguing. I I don't think I've ever had a coffee IPA commercially before. Yeah. Um and I remember, you know, one of my favorite coffee beers I've ever had was from the Covey, um mm-hmm. the Adoro Porter and I I loved it because it smelled and tasted like just black coffee. There was no beer character about it and I loved right. that. That being said, that kind of beer wouldn't do well in the BJCP category because it's not a harmonious marriage. This one that we have in front of us right now is because, yes, you do get the uh, the flavors and the, the aromas of coffee. But then some of the other notes of you know malt, which in uh, this episode has been largely kind of uh, forgotten about. But malt uh, does play a good part in it. But see, I don't know how much of the malt character you could actually pick up in in this, because between the hops of the IPA and the coffee, I would say malt is kind of a a back back end story that's not really going to get showcased at sure. all. Sure, but I get a little bit of the uh, caramel sweetness from that in the backbone. Yeah. Now, see if you to take the coffee out of this, I I might call this a a double IPA because it is got that big malty. What's the ABV again? Backbone. Uh, seven and a half. You could call it a double, I guess. Uh, It'd be close. I don't like it. You don't? No. Why? It's just like some of the other beers we've seen today. There's just some some heads that are being butted. But uh, see, I think that they're so completely different that I can still pick them out separately. Yes. And it's okay. I, because in the Passiflora, you had fruity esters of the yeast mixing with the fruitiness of the passion fruit, mixing with the dankness of the hops. And they were similar, but different, and it didn't work. These are so vastly different that I can pick up both of them, and it's still okay. I have to agree with Travis on this one. Uh, <laughs> um, coffee and IPA don't go together, in my opinion, flavor-wise. I think that's what I'm feeling too, because and, they're so different. Yeah, they're they're both at both they're at opposite ends of ends of the flavor spectrum. And I'm definitely intrigued. Like I I see what you're saying, and I get it that the, that the two things don't normally go together. And I would never. Before, okay, so Travis and I judged part of Blue Bonnet this past year, and somebody, when we were doing IPAs, and somebody entered a specialty IPA, a specialty IPA with mocha cold pressed coffee. Mm-hmm. It was the last one. 
we we pushed it. We pushed it to the last one on purpose, and I don't remember. There, we were on one side or the other. It was either an IPA or it was a coffee beer. I don't remember, but it was an extreme. Uh, that might have been one that we felt was could have been misentered because it was right so much on, on yeah on one side of the spectrum. and I think it was on the coffee side. I think so. I was like, "Where's the IPA in this? I don't get any hops. I don't get I don't get much bitterness. It's really sweet. It's like a, like if I I was thinking if they entered this as a porter with coffee." then it would probably have done really well. And so that was the very first yes. time I'd ever thought to put coffee and IPA together. And I was and I was kind of intrigued by that. So when I saw this one at the store, I was like, that's interesting. Here's the thing. You have to be a true IPA lover and a true coffee lover to love this beer. And I'm both. Which I'm not. But at the same time, again, two opposite ends of the spectrum flavor-wise, you have something that's extremely bitter and something that's really also s- extremely bitter. But sweet at the same time. <laughs> yeah. In this case, because it's not black coffee. Right. So any fruit IPA you get is going to get bitter and sweet. Right. But this one is different because it's coffee. See, I, I'm kind of I'm kind of digging this one. I'm not. That's fair. I mean, it's fair, but I, I'm, I'm not. I, I wish, Travis, that the beer that we judged at Blue Bonnet was this. Because I would have pushed it through. Because to me, this is a harmonious marriage. You've got the IPA. You've got the bitterness. You've got the, the fruitiness involved with that. You've got the, the malt backbone. Yes. Then you've got the coffee right there with it. If this would have been entered, then it was enough for us to have a conversation about. Yeah. Because even though I would have said that I don't personally like it, I could also check off all the things you mentioned, which would make it uh, a pretty high score in the BGCP category. If this was entered as a specialty IPA with coffee, I would give it a 40. I couldn't disagree with that. Because it's got all of the, it's got all the, like you said, the check marks, mm-hmm. the check boxes. It's all there. Now, yeah. this would not be a go-to for me every day of the week. No. If but I brewed five gallons of this, I would... I would struggle to drink it. I'd have friends over all the time. <laughs> yeah. Well, hey, have you ever tried an IPA with coffee? <laughs> Actually, all i got to do is call uh, Hashiswirt. Yeah, he's good at blowing kegs. Yeah. But uh, as a as a, a very... Right, so let's make that blind blow today. As a, a once-in-a-while thing, I, I'm kind of digging this one. Yes, yeah, so you could do a small batch and bottle it, and then... Yeah. But at what point will the IPA characteristics drop off? Is there a date on that bottle? Uh, not that I saw the first time. We haven't talked about dates on bottles today. Did you get it at Total Wine? No, this was at World Market. Yeah. Total Wine strikes again. So, I don't know. I, there's no date that I can see. Accountability. We already talked BJCP rating. Two. I'll say five. No, I'll say four. And three. And two. And now one. <laughs> <laughs> and you're done. <laughs> See, I'd say Panabil on this one probably three or four. Because there's a lot going on there. I, I wouldn't chug a, a any coffee beer, really. No, you wouldn't chug coffee. Unless it's the Hop Fusion cold brew coffee beer. <laughs> that one's chuggable. But this one, it's, like I said, BJCP, if it was entered as a specialty IPA with coffee, I'd still give it a, at least a 40. I, I kind of like it. It's kind of that quirky, 
step cousin. You know what I mean? You don't want to yep. spend all your free time with that person, but every once in a while they're fun and interesting. <laughs> all right. Let's move on to some really interesting things. We're going to move on to our dangerous segment. This thing is really clear. The dangerous danger zone. Portion. And these are all beers that have some hot stuff. This one. Piapa. Like they're sexy. Comes from New Belgium. It's the Voodoo Ranger special release Atomic Pumpkin. Why is it Atomic, Travis? Well, um, I'm glad you asked. <laughs> <laughs> it is a pumpkin ale, which uh, we've had two separate pumpkin episodes. So it's an allspice beer. And so, yeah, I figured, yeah, it's almost September. It's around Oktoberfest season. We need to have a pumpkin beer to feature in our adjunct episode. So I picked this one up. And then I read the label. It says pumpkin ale. Featuring cinnamon and habanero chili peppers <laughs> for just the right amount of heat. Uh, 6.4%. Uh, so It's brilliantly clear. Yeah, this was a little different than what I was expecting. Yeah. I guess like pee water. What? Huh? Is that a drop? Oh, my God! I'm going to show you a big boy. Who's it? Where did that come from? I'm not sure. <laughs> Who's joined us today? Oh yeah! Hello. Uh, <laughs> of course, he got here just in time for all the pepper beers. Yeah, Mexican. I prefer beaner. <laughs> well, that escalated quickly. <laughs> it did. Um, all right, so let's move on. <laughs> this has a similar smell to the feisty blonde. It does. That chemically. Oh my god! Interesting. <laughs> I'm getting a lot of the cinnamon. Yeah. Yeah. But I... Cinnamon? I wonder if they're going to use cinnamon, cinnamon to give it cinnamon. heat. Cinnamon? Cinnamon? I really just get cinnamon. Really, it's just cinnamon. <laughs> that's, that's all. <laughs> we have pages of drops now. Really, it's just all cinnamon. That's all I'm getting right now in the aroma. In the aroma? Yeah. You should try tasting it. Yeah, like, like cinnamon and maybe uh, oatmeal raisin cookies or something. But I don't smell any heat or peppers. Smell, no. Have you oh, tasted it? No, I have not. <laughs> you should taste it. All right, let me try. I was expecting to be like... <coughs> this is good. <laughs> of course you like it. <clears throat> well, no, just just the pumpkin beer aspect of it. I, I don't... Well, I'm not going to Please tell it. me you don't get any of the heat, because I definitely get it. No, I get some heat. Yeah, okay. no, I definitely get heat. <laughs> uh, that's what I'm saying. Uh, uh, as far as the pumpkin... Uh, aspect of it i actually don't get any allspice uh like i do every other pumpkin beer right yeah it's definitely cinnamon definitely cinnamon like yes it's almost like a like a, a cinnamon apple pie with pepper added yeah and the pepper happens right in the esophagus area i'm serious <laughs> like like right where your adam's apple is this is almost like a hot tamale huh yeah it's a spicy meat bottle yep no, I, I don't know. I, I think <laughs> yeah. it exits my like tongue area and goes into my <laughs> esophagus. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Cigar. <laughs> in South Dakota. Yeah. Dakota. He, he called in. Um, Cinnamon wow. works well. It, it blends well with chili peppers to begin with. But yeah. it's already a spice. spice. <laughs> and it's, it's a spicy spice. Mm-hmm. So 
I I do like the the way that those work together. Yeah. The pumpkin element of it is fairly subdued, all things considered. Right. But then again, every pumpkin beer you have is mainly spice anyway. All spice. All spice yeah. specifically. I just got gored to the last drop. Oh, are you okay? Two. Do we need to? Give you know it what? A bandage. I'm, I'm very, very much. Oh pleasantly surprised by this beer when, I, I am when I you told me what was in it i was like oh god right but I, wow this i <laughs> i don't know what to say it's like, a nice balance I, it well see it's i was gonna say it's not why because i'm not getting any pumpkin i get i get the allspice i don't at all i, I, I get do. cinnamon and a little bit of heat on the finish and that's about it <clears throat> Uh, maybe a little bit of nutmeg, but I don't get all spice. Or maybe even brown sugar. I don't get brown sugar. At least not a lot of it. You racist. I mean, when they say just okay. the right amount of heat, they're like right. Like my sugar what? <laughs> oh. <laughs> Welcome back, Eddie. Yeah. Uh, Wet. It's moist. It's. <laughs> I've been saving it. But seriously, when they say just the right amount of heat, I think they're right. Yeah. I, I'm not getting... I, Okay, so it doesn't say what the base beer is. It just says pumpkin ale brewed with cinnamon. With an ale? That's a base well, beer. Yeah, but well, for an ale, it's pretty broad. dang clear. I'm just saying. I, <laughs> I'm just saying. Clarity like, has nothing to do with whether it's a no, lager it or doesn't. an ale. Yeah, sure it does. No, it, it doesn't. doesn't. It, well, all, all my beers have been ales, and they've all been pretty clear. What? Yeah. I cold crashed them. I don't. We can filter down to the microns now. Well, you know what? You can take your microns and go, ah. <laughs> All I'm saying, it doesn't oh, say God, what the base is. <laughs> now, as soon as Eddie gets here, this podcast goes to... I may be getting a little hammered. It's okay. I'll only be here 10 minutes. <laughs> right. Uh-huh. Good luck with that. All I'm saying is, I'm pleasantly surprised by this beer. It's good. There's a... There's a lot of good things happening. I will buy this one. Poundability of 10. Only thing I mark it down on is if they put pumpkin on the label, then I expect to get pumpkin. And this is true. That I don't. This is true. So um, I would I would dock them for that. Maybe a cinnamon habanero beer. It'd be a little more. A cinnamon what? Habanero. Habanero. Okay. Oh. <laughs> that was better. Thank you. <laughs> English. Stick Hab- it to English. Habanero. But, okay. So Travis, as we've done at the rest Had of the these, what would you enter this as? <clears throat> Spice or vegetable? Spice, yeah. Yeah, it'd have right? to be. But my question is, what would you enter it as the base beer? Herber. <laughs> How much has he had to drink? <laughs> Same as he, us. Well, he had a uh, quarter Coors Light can. Or, <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, that's no. Yeah, see this giant thing? Spice, Herber, vegetable. You know, I would probably enter it as a... You know, maybe just a just a nice amber ale for the base. <laughs> Perhaps even a brown ale. It's a light brown, but um, what well, he did, uh, Sawyer did mention uh, brown sugar, uh, yeah. which you get in brown ales, right? Yeah, if I remember correctly. Yeah. So I would say you'd want to do some kind of really innocuous base, something that you're not going to get a lot of stuff from, because in this beer, all that comes through is cinnamon and the uh, chili pepper heat. Mm-hmm. So you'd want a base beer that you can't really get much out of, and then that they won't uh, really be looking for. No, because and if if you're not looking for you know hops or 
or something else, uh, then you're then you're going to focus on the additive, which is in this case chili pepper and cinnamon. So I would say enter it as a spice or vegetable. Claim the base to be something really simple, such as an amber ale, um, and then something you're not expecting to get a flavor from. Yes, and right? then claim those two things: cinnamon, cinnamon and habanero. habanero. Yep. You gotta know how to work the system. Exactly. Don't say pumpkin. No, I wouldn't say pumpkin mm-hmm. either. Now, on the other side of this, if I had to pair this with a food, some kind of like Something chicken, sweet. chicken or turkey with a candied yam. Are we doing this? Is this a thing today? No, no. Well, I'm just I'm because I started no. thinking because actually this <laughs> so happened with I'm not, the I'm not prepared for this. No, no. bake styles. <laughs> You know no, what? Because I was thinking about this with one of the other branding. beers. I don't remember which one it was. I'm like, if I had to pair this with food, what would it be? I know exactly what it would go with. And for this one, I'm thinking like a candied yam as a side. It would be that poblano sauce at uh, Torchy's. Okay, I, I have I have a really big issue with mixing hot foods with sugar. I like making them sweet. That, that bothers me. I just because I'm used to spicy food not being sweet. Um, but I can see this with like. Uh, like the chicken tacos at um, Torchy's, mm-hmm. they're um, the the ones that have got was it mango? Is it mango chicken or pineapple? I don't chicken? remember. Poblano. <laughs> you gonna mix poblano with habanero? It's a honey vanilla. vanilla wow, dilemma. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm just Which thinking. Which gives I, us a dilemma. This would go really well with food. This yeah, beer yeah. specifically, I think. Would go really well with paired with something. Most chili beers do, yeah, because they don't stand well on their own because it's a lot of heat, and if you have some kind of food to mix in with that, then it works better. Right. Same I, thing I with just, my homebrew, which is coming up next, right here on Brew Styles. <laughs> Did we finish our ratings with this oh, one? No, we haven't <laughs> talked about those. Oh, I put accountability. Uh, I was going to say Poblano again. <laughs> What's your Poblano rating? My Poblano rating on the super pills. I'm sorry, what? Would be a four. Mm. Yes. Huh? Yes. Of course. This is a three. What? Cien? Did you say cuatro, cinco, cien? Whoa. No, I said six. Oh, six. I said four, five, one hundred. This is Chris. Counts like a kindergartner. Uno, dos, two, three, Eins, five, cuatro, three. cinco, five. seis. Okay. I don't know the rest. Siete. Ocho. Nueve. 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 Diez. ESPN. And what did you say? Diez. So nine. Diez. Oh, my God. Wait, that's ten? ESPN. I don't know Spanish. The Ocho. Explica Deutsch. He said sexy. I heard it. No. It's not there's no T on the end of that. Rewind it, folks at home. You heard him. Whatever. I heard it too. It's gonna be a drop. It's I'm gonna spelled S E C H S. Not if I go in and cut all this out first. Ryan Heights Gebot. That's, yeah. what, that's what she Gebot. said. Ryan's Gebot. It's the Canadian version. <laughs> Anyways, Anyways. <laughs> oh, I'm gonna give us a six. And he said it again. Six. <laughs> he spelled it or said it in English. Sixty <laughs> times. 
Through okay. all that, I missed Joel's rating. What was what was yours, Sawyer? Four. Four. Travis. Did I say one? I don't remember. You have you not did. said I don't one. Think okay. You did. I'm gonna say a three. Three for poundability. Ooh. Yes. Yeah. See, you know, I, I like this one. I could pound it. Yep. I, I like it a could. lot. Actually, then pound it, dirty old man. Mine's gone. It's been gone. <clears throat> yeah, that's good. I like it. Dirty. <laughs> you just call him a dirty old man. I did. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Travis, let's get a uh, let's go on to the next one. All right, pass that other one over here. Bay leaves and a pinch of cayenne. Dang it, Eddie! <laughs> what? Oh, that was a a pleasant misfire. <laughs> That's what she um, said. But yes, we have. <laughs> I'm sorry. Say that again. <laughs> <laughs> that was good and now i had a baby that was good there we go <laughs> uh well you know since we originally started this talking about homebrew way back in the day and we stopped talking about homebrew i actually brought a beer that i brewed at home so this classifies uh, or qualifies as a homebrew yeah homebrew <laughs> <laughs> and it's a homebrew that i made at my home, and I brewed it. With pepper. Yes. This is called, uh, actually, I'll tell you what the style is first. It's a wheat base, just a standard wheat beer, American wheat base with jalapeno peppers. And I added so, them at two points. The name of this beer is, that's a spicy ball. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you're talking about two adjuncts here because wheat alone is an adjunct. Thank you. So wheat alone is an adjunct. Technically, yes. So we could have had like rye beers today. We could have had wheat beers. Right. So you took a wheat adjunct beer and added another adjunct, which is jalapenos. I did. All right. And this is probably, what, a month, month and a half old? I can definitely smell the jalapenos. Thank you for saying it right. What? Jalapenos. I can smell the jalapenos. Habanero. <laughs> jalapeno. That's how you say it. How yeah, else no. would you? Not jalapeno. <clears throat> right. Yeah. Jalapeno. Because okay. it's got the over the end. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So the the aroma <laughs> you definitely get like the fresh green green roasted pepper. Getting a hint yeah. of cinnamon also. <laughs> I get some citrus notes too. <laughs> <laughs> I just smell feisty blonde. I don't know what y'all are talking about. I could see that. Join us next time when we start rinsing between beers. <laughs> a feisty blonde was like six beers ago. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm trying to get back past the cinnamon uh, from and, the last beer. And I've rinsed but twice. I, I do get so, sort of like an herbal aroma out of it. Now, <clears throat> there's a green vegetable note to the flavor. That's not in a negative, but like if you if you bite into a bell pepper, you know that that green vegetable flavor that you get. I was thinking okra. No, I, I think it's more like a bell pepper. Okay. Between that and the jalapeno and the wheat, they're all all three of those things are kind of mixed together fairly well. The thing I really like about this beer is that you get the flavor of the jalapeno. Yeah. With a little bit of heat. 
and not all the heat. So it's very well rounded. I like this beer a Definitely. lot. Whatever you did to roast those jalapenos and add them to the beer, you did awesome. Okay. You did roast so. them? Uh, In the yeah. oven, right? Yeah. <laughs> oh, the, the, the jalapenos come through. Yeah, really well. Well, Pretty it's strong. Well. It's strong, but it's not like way over the top. No, no, but I can feel it in my esophagus. Like seriously, I'm not even kidding. Yeah, yeah. no, you get like a, a warmth, a warming tingle. Yeah, which like right I here. think you should get from any good chili pepper beer. Actually, You're right. I agree with you. Like a warming tingle, like if Edward Scissorhands was standing in your throat. You know? This is not. <laughs> <I'm just kidding. laughs> uh, what's that one beer we're gonna drink? Uh, no, it's later. Um, this one though, wow. I don't think the heat is not as high. As the atomic pumpkin. Yeah, it's the sting that's higher. The like alcohol heat? No, the pepper oh. heat. Oh. I, I got more as Sawyer so eloquently said in the esophagus area, I got more heat out of the uh pumpkin beer than I do this one. This one's more than just flavor. got launched into my throat and then boom there sure, it was gone. Try and swish it around your mouth a little bit. See if that changes anything. No. No. I'm getting more of the flavor, the pepper flavor out of this one. Right but I got more heat, heat okay. out of the other one. Got it. Which I I like the flavor over the heat. The heat's a nice addition. See, I wonder if peppers are the same way as hops where you need to add them at certain points in order to get certain flavors out of them. Possibly. Um, <clears throat> or certain. What was your brew process for this one, Travis? All right. Uh, well, first, I wanted to get Serrano peppers. And so I... Went to the store and I thought I bought Serranos, but turns out they were jalapenos. Um, and then I looked at my recipe just now, and originally when I wrote it down, I had written down I wanted hatch chili peppers. So I don't know what the hell I wanted because <laughs> there's three different things. But uh, what I ended up doing was I had, I think, four jalapeno peppers total, or it might have been two. But I How added them. In, I added them at two different times. Actually, no, it was four. Because I had four together, um, and uh, I froze them to begin with. Because it was a while after I bought them, then when I and then when I brewed. So I brewed the beer as regular with just a wheat beer, and then I took two of them out, thawed them, and uh, filleted both peppers. And then just uh, I think it was at flame out. So yes, I brewed the beer, and then right at flame out, I tossed in two peppers that had both been filleted. I didn't deseed them. Just toss that in and then let it sit for about 20 minutes at you know at a very hot temperature so the beer is still 200 to 190 degrees at this time. And then I start chilling. So it had that time. It fermented and then after fermentation finished, then I added uh, the last two jalapeno peppers which I also had filleted, but I roasted those to kill off any kind of bacteria. Um, and then those sat in the beer like a dry hopping stage for about 2 weeks. Because okay. they sat a lot longer than I had originally planned. Uh, you know, you get busy with stuff and and whatever. And I was afraid they'd start rotting, but um, it turns out whenever you put stuff in a alcoholic liquid, that you don't really have to worry about that kind of stuff. Yeah. As long as you kill off the bacteria beforehand. Yeah, which well, you did even, when you roasted them. Yeah. Even so, the the alcohol would probably kill off some bacteria too. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so as far as the roasting process, you, you basically fillet, and I say fillet, you cut them down the middle, so bisect them, and then I would put them... I have you a seed No, I did oh, not. Okay. Yeah, and I put them in a toaster oven at about 300, 315 degrees for you know, 15 minutes, and that's all it really takes to, 
to kill it off. Uh, and then after that, you take them out, let them just kind of air air cool for a little bit. And I put them in a uh, a small hot bag, and then drop that straight oh, in the uh, okay. Drop that straight in the keg because I had transferred into the keg and then just let it sit there for a long time. Uh, hmm. And then once you think it has enough flavor, to, like you can taste test if you want, and if it's good, then take the take the bag out. If not, then let it sit longer. Hmm. Uh, but yeah, that that that's really the secret with adding something as potentially potent and could be beer ruining if there's too much of it. Right. So something like a vanilla bean or a chili pepper, you really want to just put it in and then do a taste test every now and then. Being careful to sanitize your taste testing tools and stuff. But uh, yeah. So that's what I did. Four jalapenos put in at two different times. One at Whirlpool and one in a dry hopping stage. Well, you've done a lot of pepper beers, and to me, this is my favorite one. Uh, the few I've tasted, I feel the same. I would yeah, agree. I have to agree with that, too. Yeah, because so. yeah, I think if you're going to do a pepper beer, then there needs to be pepper. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. yeah. the other ones I've done, it's just been kind of a hint of it. Yeah, that's nice for the mass market. Well, there was one that you did that was way over the top heat. Uh... God, I've done four. And I it think. was one of those that you bought the wrong pepper by accident, maybe? Because I know there's one that you did so, that, I'm, I'm thinking maybe it was the same one. The first one I did was a Roush beer with chipotle peppers. I remember that one. And I loved that one. Yeah. It was great. See, that had a lot of smoke, but not a whole lot of heat. Mm-hmm. That was fine. Where there's smoke, there's fire, that's what it's called. Mm. Uh, the second one I did was supposed to be a like an ancho chocolate porter, but I bought... I think cayenne peppers for that one. I think that's the <laughs> so one. So that, that was, was a big, a big snafu. I think I didn't that like one was that. the one that was too hot. Yeah, that was bad. The third one I did was a uh, hatch chili. Well, I did a hatch chili blonde, blonde, and yeah. I also did a hatch chili saison hatchback. I liked both of those. Eddie did not like the the saison because mm-hmm. he he thought the chili pepper and then the saison all the funkiness they didn't blend well. Yeah. Um, and then this one, number four, the jalapeno wheat, is the fourth one done. So, well, I'm gonna have heartburn later, but I'm totally okay yeah. with it because I like this beer. Yeah, this is really good. I'm gonna yeah. have to go medicate here in a minute. I'm gonna have to get some Prilosec. <laughs> I got some. I'll share with you. Thank you. <laughs> good beer though. Yeah, um, fantastic. All right. So if this was entered as a spice or a vegetable, I would like to. Oh, but before we move on to that, I'd okay. like to point out that this does not have the traditional Travis carbonation. It does not. Yeah, it doesn't. Yeah. Was so. this bottle conditioned? It yes. was. Okay. Did but... You, did you do something different? Well, I put jalapeno peppers in it. <laughs> well, yeah, but In I each mean, bottle? No, but uh, your, Ooh, your bottling how, process The oils, no, different. everything else is the same, but the oils from a chili pepper are going to really change the, the construct right. of, mm-hmm. of uh, how a beer is presented. You can't pound it, it pounds you. <laughs> anyway, in so, Russia. so if this beer was entered in spice or vegetable, which it was last month, I entered it in the uh, in the master brewer. Okay, but uh, our master brewer contest every month is a best of show format. It's flawed. So you could have a really, really good beer per style, 
But this goes to what I was saying earlier. If you enter something and it's not, it doesn't have that wow factor, it's not going to win. Sure. So depending on what you you're entered against, and I'm pretty sure there was either a Carl King or a Schoolie beer that was entered in that that month. Yeah. You should, you should have added Fruit Loops to it. <laughs> so our homebrew contest Done. is, is right? it's tough. <clears throat> it is very difficult. Uh, just because we have a lot of really high quality brewers. Yeah, the three dudes that stood up to get ribbons last last month were all big time players. Yeah, guys that aren't really afraid to take a risk. Yeah, yeah. So it, I mean, it, it's difficult. And I, Travis, if if this is still good when it comes around to, you know. Blue Bonnet next year. I hope you save a couple bottles or maybe even um, nationals. I would think it would need to be a very fresh brew by then. Yeah. Probably. But still, try it again and and see how it does. Because if I were were to judge this under spice or vegetable, calling a, a wheat base, this would be a 40 for me. Because the heat is not over the top, the flavor is very clean. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's just a good beer. Yeah. Oh, I appreciate that. Yeah, no, I I agree with that. It's a good thing. beer. Yeah, I mean, other than the rating, I don't know how to rate. So, out uh, of all your pepper beers, this is by far my favorite one. Yeah. Okay. Yep. 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 Sawyer. Out. However, poundability would be a one. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I would agree with that for sure. I would completely disagree. No, um, no disrespect. No disrespect. Yeah, no disrespect. I'd be on the other side of the spectrum. Um, <laughs> Ten. And then, and then you also get a. Uh... Anyways, no, it's a really good beer. I like it a lot. All right, well, we got one more pepper beer to go, and then we're done. Next up, DMS it's on the table right now. All right, the bottle. So the very last beer that we have. Oh my god. Is one that I know has been in the bottle for over a year, because it's been I, that long. Yeah, last summer when I went up to Colorado, Sarkar and I went to Twisted Pine. That was last summer. It was last summer. I thought that was like spring break. No, that was last summer. It was last semester. Oh my god! Fine, time is flying by. I know, right? Um, so I went up to Twisted Pine, and they no longer uh, deliver. Or what's the word? Distribute. Distribute. <laughs> to, they no longer distribute to Texas. That sucks. This bottle was pulled off of the fermenter, whatever their system is, the day that I was there. Because uh, I was telling the bartender about our podcast and how we've had this beer in the past. And he was like, oh, we just, we just bottled that. Take one with you. So it was fresh when I got it. Been sitting in my fridge for over a year. This is Ghost-Faced... Killer. Hashtag ghost. Hash face killer. Hashtag face. Ah, I missed you. Says <laughs> a yes. fiendish feast. If you can't take the heat, use it in the kitchen. <laughs> you can't take the heat and beat your. Five point two percent. I've missed you, Eddie. <laughs> Anyway, so um, reading the description on Untapped kind of gives a little bit more about the beer than what the actual beer label says. 
because the beer label just talks about how hot it is and the Scoville soaring palate torching peppers. Anyway, the uh, untapped description says six kind of hot chili peppers go into this fiery <coughs> beer, chot including chili the inf- what you said hot chili peppers. Jim Jimmery, Jim Jim Jim. Six kind of hot chili peppers. Okay. Okay. Including the infamous ghost pepper, Serrano, Jalapeno, Habanero, Fresno, and Anaheim also lend their rich flavors to make for a sizzling good time. That's a lot of cities. Keep away from children and the tepid of tongue. For a minute there, I thought you were going to say tetanitis. So, so, Travis, you brewed with Serrano. No, I meant to. You meant to. <laughs> jalapeno. I have with jalapeno. Habanero, which was one of the beers we had tonight. Jalapeno, Fresno, and Anaheim. Those two I have not uh, had much experience with. So we've got ghost pepper, serrano, jalapeno, habanero, fresno, Anaheim. Six different peppers brewed into this ghost face killer. So to finish out our adjunct beer Uh, episode. Well, would it be the last one? The one that I brought may be an adjunct. I don't think we're going to be able to taste anything after. Yeah, sure you will. No bunch of whips never say never <laughs> never all right, all right so my pour oh. is fairly cloudy yeah no mine's very clear you got the top didn't you mine's yeah. extremely clear too but there's something in it that's i can't strange. really mine's slightly cloudy mine's very cloudy oh i think that's on the glass oh because i got my fingers on the other side of the glass and i can't see them oh well, you're I gonna can the definitely tasty see part. through mine yeah your glass i can see is much clearer than mine but Oh, that's right. You got the last part in you. Yes, because yeah. I gave you... Okay, yeah, we didn't upend it first. Dang it. <laughs> that we could I... mix all the bottles... I got all, all the, the ghost pepper together. in my glass. Yeah. Woo! Okay. Yeah, I definitely smell it. Yeah. I get a lot of roasted pepper in there. Yes. It's delicious. Yes. Now, out of all these peppers, which ones are roasted? Like, just by default. Serrano? The Anaheim, the Serrano, and... um, So, let's go through... Is ghost pepper roasted? Uh, If you... uh, It can, yeah. Serrano? Yes. Jalapeno? Yes. Habanero? Yes. Fresno? Well, the habanero would would be the same as uh, ghost ghost pepper. pepper. I don't know know if you want to... No, you don't roast those. Roast those, yeah. Because they're really thin. If you roast it, you'd probably just dehydrate it and lose everything. Um, yeah, they're hot enough so, on its own. Yeah. So the habanero and the ghost pepper are the same? No, no, no. That's the same. They're, they're kind of the same, uh, like, skin, same... Um, they're skinny. Yeah. It's on the same level. Like, okay. if you if you have different segments of chili peppers. Is Fresno... I've never heard of I've that. never heard of Fresno pepper. I've, I've never had one. I've had Anaheim pepper, but I've never had Fresno pepper. Yeah, Anaheim's like a... A banana pepper? Like a yeah, large one? I think so, yeah. Okay. So is Anaheim roasted? Fresno? Yes, I would think so, yeah. I Fresno. would assume that Fresno is too because I've. Like okay. I said, so essentially we're dealing with several roasted peppers. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yep, yeah, because that's yeah. really what you get. Yeah, you get a, a decent smoke aroma. Yeah. I'm literally scared. <laughs> I've had this before and I. Didn't really like it, and I'm scared to drink it again. Wow, I think it aged really well. Mm. Do you remember the first time you had it? Yep. 
Well, and then you bought it once Me after too. the fact, right? I bought it several times after the fact. And you think it aged better than... I think it did. Okay. That, or I usually drank them cold. So it might make a difference to how well, cold this is it is. cool. Yeah, but it's, it's not. Yeah. <sighs> the roasty really flavors good. come through uh, a lot. I'm getting a fair amount of smoke. Yeah. Yeah. The heat is a lot mm. less than what I remember it being. So maybe the age did kind of mellow it out a little bit. I, I think it may have mellowed it out, but you got a lot of the more, a lot more of that roasted flavor from it too. That is good. This would have been perfect to marinate some chicken. Yeah. And some chili. Like a chili pot. Yeah. <clears throat> oh. If I ever go up, to, well, actually, oh, I am going to Colorado next year. Should buy a case of this and I'm, bring it back. I'm planning yeah. on taking a road trip to Colorado. Yeah, I'm going to stop let's there. Let's experiment with this. I, I'd really like to cook with it because I think it'd be really good. Yeah. Oh, I'm totally stopping by. I'm going to give you some money. I want you to buy a case for me. You don't have to send me money. Yeah. Oh, it's going to be awesome. I, the flavor is good. I don't, I, I remember saying this the last time. I don't think I could drink a whole bottle of it. No. No. The heat gets more intense every time you take a sip because it starts to build on itself. Well, I only got two sips, so. <laughs> well, your sips. <coughs> oh, my God. Oh, oh! You're welcome. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to need some medication. Oh, oh my God. Oh. I needed this in my life. <laughs> <laughs> this is why I saved this bottle for you, Eddie, because I knew that you would appreciate it. Thank you so much. Oh. <laughs> Oh God, Chris! Easily said. Oh, oh. oh God! <laughs> what was oh, that my. from? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> that one time at bank I don't camp. Know what most of these are. Oh my God! <laughs> no, 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 no. Oh, yeah. Oh, you want the bottle? Yeah. You want the bottle? Yep. Thanks. Oh. Hmm. Well, um. So as far as adjuncts are concerned, since that's what our episode's about. Where do you think they added all of these peppers into the process? I wish because it could have been at any any stage. Really, I would have figured it all be late to get the heat. I think so too. I think it may they might have done the same thing that you did, where you added it in in your um, mesh bag mm-hmm. after the fact. I think that's probably how you get all these because all, all the heat and all, like I the pepper heat. And, I don't think you get any heat from a mash. I don't think so either. In a boil. Most of the chemicals, for lack of a better term, might be boiled out. So I think it'd have to be in secondary. Yeah, you treat these just like you would hops. Yeah. Because the the volatile aromas and flavors in hops behave the same way as in a chili pepper. So if, if it's early in the boil, then yes, they can boil out. If it's before fermentation, then yeast can ferment and scrub it out with the CO2 that... Uh, that exits during primary fermentation so uh yes to to get any kind of really intense flavors and aromas it probably is all see but that's the thing though whenever you cook with uh chili peppers even if you throw them in early in your cooking process you like at high heat you still get a lot of the flavor and all the aroma from it um so that's what throws me off so maybe they did both I wouldn't be surprised uh, yeah. if there's several. They they put them in at several stages. Like you know, at this yeah. stage, okay, here's the Anaheim ones that go in early, and then uh, hmm. probably hmm. not just a whole a whole bucket of 
chili peppers right at bottling. Yeah, they probably space it out. Whatever they do, whatever they do, they do it right. That's you should ask them. Next time you go up there, make sure you go to Twisted Pine. Ask them. Ask them what they do. Yep. I sure will. They had some pretty decent food there too at the at the brewery. That's good to know. Yeah, I'll make it one of our stops. (laughs) Definitely, I definitely do that. Yeah. Now that all of our uh, faces are on fire, uh, (laughs) thanks for joining us for this latest episode of Brew Styles, where we talk about adjunct beer. I don't know what we have planned for next week. <laughs> but you know what? Cheers till then. Cheers until then. 